Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. As always, I am your host, Todd Tronowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you uh, listening in. I was able to to shake a number of folks' hands this past week at the Southeast Association of Rail Shippers Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. That was great. Several of you told me that you listen to the podcast each and every week. We do appreciate it. Uh, feel free to reach out at any point if you ever want to hear, talk about what you're hearing in the podcast, what you're seeing in your business. Uh, it is a great way to, uh, to do that and to start the conversation. It was great to uh, see folks out there. Uh, do not hesitate to come up to me, shake my hand, uh, talk to me about the in- in- industry, introduce yourself. We'd love to have those conversations when we are out and about at industry events. I also want to take this moment to thank Sears uh, and their, their board of directors for, uh, for allowing me to speak there. I gave a nice presentation on the economic and carload outlook uh, that if you listen to the podcast every week, uh, given where volumes are, uh, it really shouldn't surprise you where volumes uh, maybe are headed or where we think volumes are headed over the next uh, couple of years. Uh, definitely, uh, if you get a chance, uh, mosey over to their website and see about downloading a copy of the presentation. Uh, that certainly uh, would be worth doing. A lot of good speakers on the agenda, and certainly this is something that uh, uh, that's a good industry event if you're in the Southeast to uh, to be a part of. But let's jump in and let's talk about uh, this week's numbers. And unfortunately, uh, the intermodal numbers took yet another step down sequentially in the last week. Uh, it's sort of uh, same story, different verse, different chapter, if you will, uh, of the intermodal story. I feel like we've been saying it for several weeks at a time in terms of the uh, the intermodal volume number and the intermodal volume outlook. It's just, it's just not very good. There's just no... Uh, there's just no good way to say it. It's sort of like the Philadelphia Flyers this season. Uh, you just you're not sure what you're watching, and you you hope it gets better, but you're you're not sure uh, uh, when or if that will be. Uh, as we think about the carload sector, uh, we really are just treading water with a lot of economic uncertainty out there. Uh, I said to someone at Sears this past week uh, on the economy, uh, you could make a, a case that the economy is going to go. Uh, gangbusters sooner rather than later. You could also make an equally compelling case that uh, uh, the bottom is going to fall out and that uh, we're all going to be back in 1929, all depending upon uh, what set of economic indicators, what set of economic data uh, you choose to look at. It really is uh, sort of an interesting economic period out there. Uh, Though going forward, I will tell you, uh, we do not see a recession. We see uh, the economy 
going into slow growth, but continuing to grow. And so we'll see what happens with, with carload volumes and with intermodal volumes over the course of the next year in that environment. Uh, it will be interesting to watch. I mentioned that intermodal volumes took a step, another step down this week. This is the second consecutive week of sequential declines. Uh, we're, we're moving back down toward uh, the low point of 2023. Uh, since the first week of the year, we've been uh, right between 300 and 320,000 carloads a week. Uh, we're moving back closer to 300 and 320. Uh, in the last week, well off last year, almost 10% off last year, uh, more than that relative to the five-year average. Uh, this is sort of the Lunar New Year lull setting in for intermodal, uh, where we see volumes declining, and it's it's probably stays here before it gets better. When you think about uh, the competing truckload market, when you think about slowing imports, when you think about shifting import flows, there's just not a lot to look forward to in 2023 uh, in the intermodal business. And that's something uh, that the industry is going to have to get through over the next 12 to 18 months. They're going to have to survive uh, yet another year. It feels like we said this in 2020. We said this in uh, 2021 and 2022 when the industry couldn't move all the volume that was there to be moved. And now this year, uh, we were just not in a very good place from a, from a volume perspective. Uh, looking at the trailer market, yes, we did increase sequentially a little bit. Yes, this is the second consecutive uh, week of sequential increases. We are still uh, right around 15,000 trailers a week. If you average all of the results for 2023, uh, you'll get a number right around 15,000. Uh, that's a stable number. That's great that it's stable, but some context is needed. That's still more than 20% below last year levels almost 25% below the five-year average. So yes, it's a stable number. No, it is not a particularly good number. Uh, it's just sort of hanging out at 15000 or so uh, per week <coughs> as we go forward. Uh, the trailer market is probably going to hover right around this same range. We're probably going to uh, essentially be in neutral uh, for trailers as we, go, as we go forward, right around the present number. Now, the, the comparisons will get easier on a year-over-year -year basis as we get into the middle of the second quarter. If we continue to trend at these levels, we will see noticeable improvement on a year-over-year -year basis, uh, but again, uh, that's at a very weak level. On the container side of the house, uh, no surprise, this looks very much like the overall intermodal number because containers are the lion's share of the intermodal market. And we can see a very similar trajectory here, uh, sequentially down for the second week in a row, uh, down toward the low point of 2023, excepting week one, uh, and just sort of not a rosy number, a number that is 8% call it off of last year, about the same from the five-year average. It's just not, not a great picture, and probably the most disheartening thing is that uh, it's hard to see how this number turns around in the short term, there really isn't a case, uh, an upside case, if you will, that sees this number uh, rebound strongly over the next the next few months. The, the data just does, says that that's not there. So as we switch gears uh, to the carload market, we look for some signs of hope. Now, there was a sequential step down, a little bit of, an, uh, of a sequential downshift uh, in the overall carload markets. Uh, we're essentially very close to our five-year average. We're up a little bit over last year, about 4% on 
or so over last year, and essentially right in line uh, with our five-year average number. And so uh, the carload market, yes, it took a step down sequentially, uh, but it's still uh, at a pretty decent number, and certainly a number that if you would have told me this is where carload uh, would be coming into the year, uh, I would take it, particularly given the economic uncertainty, particularly given the headwinds with industrial production, uh, with the ISM manufacturing index lately. I, I would take this number. It's not a great number, uh, but it's not a bad number either. And given the some of the economic numbers, uh, it certainly there's a case made that it, it could be uh, a lot worse. Of course, what is that? Uh, what is that old Jewish saying? Uh, it could always uh, be worse. Uh, that that bears uh, remembering in, the, in these times where uh, we're just sort of treading water. If we delve in a little bit, we look at economically sensitive freight. Uh, here again, another a reason for hope. Uh, we declined a little bit sequentially, but it was really pretty flat. If you look at the last three weeks, the overall volume picture is quite flat. Uh, we're above last year by about 5%, almost 6%. Uh, we're basically right at the five-year average, and that's a good sign. First of all, economically sensitive freight is outperforming the overall carload market. Uh, that is a great sign because it's going to be economically sensitive companies that drive carload freight growth in 2023, 2024, 2025, and really through the end of the decade. So the fact that these commodity groups are holding up better than, than the overall carload picture, that's a great sign for the future. That's great hope. So Todd, what do, you, what do I mean when I say economically sensitive freight? Well, what I mean is, I mean th those commodity groups that are more closely tied to the underlying economy. Sometimes you'll hear it talked about as core carload freight. And what we do at FTR is we exclude the coal, we exclude the agriculture, and we exclude the petroleum. So we're looking at just those sectors like metals, automotive, lumber, crushed stone, those sorts of commodity groups that respond to uh, economic conditions, that respond to economic imperatives. And so it is a good sign that we are above uh, the five-year average, that we are above last year. Uh, by a significant percentage, by a mid-single-digit year-over-year percentage. That's a great thing. That says uh, that there is reason for hope in volume growth as we go through not just 2023, but through the rest of the decade. Now, you cannot talk about the carload markets without talking about the coal markets. Uh, coal is still the largest single carload commodity by volume. And in the last week, uh, we saw a significant sequential decline. Uh, the week before that, we were essentially flat, and now we have uh, taken a decline basically back to where we were in week one of 2023. There's only one week uh, that was worse, and that was a little bit early, about a month ago. Uh, we took a significant dive for one week and then immediately uh, recovered from that level. The present level uh, is just above 70,000 or so uh, carloads a week. This is about 5% below last year. This is about that same level below the five-year average. Coal, this is not necessarily a surprise, particularly against the backdrop of where natural gas prices are. Natural gas prices in the last two weeks have averaged about $2.20 per MMBTU. Uh, that is a level where coal just is not competitive anywhere in the country. Even in large coal-burning regions like Texas, uh, you just, you're not going to compete with natural gas when natural gas is that cheap. Uh, 
And when you think about the, natu- the fact that natural gas price is that cheap, it's that cheap in February and March. We're still in the heating season. You still have winter across much of the country that supports natural gas prices. Where will natural gas prices go as we get into the spring season, as we get into the injection season? It is certainly possible that gas prices uh, move significantly weaker from here, which only further erodes coal volume as we go through the year. Coal was already going to face an uphill climb. You have significantly weaker export coal, uh, seaborne prices, you have uh, a significantly reduced domestic coal fleet, uh, you have a wave of retirements coming off uh, this year, and then a, a little bit lower number next year, and then another wave in 2025. You were already facing headwinds, and now you add the economic headwinds on top of it. We expect coal to have a tough slog as we go through the balance of the year and beyond. The other major a bulk sector to talk about is the grain markets. And grain took a significant decline sequentially in the last week. We're down a little bit from last year's levels. We're essentially at the five-year average. But more concerning for the grain markets is the fact that since week two, uh, that trend line has been decidedly down. Uh, We've come off our high of over 40,000 carloads a week in week two, and we've moved uh, steadily lower in the weeks since then. We will have to see Uh, just exactly where this settles out as we go forward. Grain should have fundamental, (coughs) excuse me, fundamental demand behind it. But we'll just have to see if that's how this bears out. There are certainly some worrying signs in the last few weeks, numbers that we will have to keep an eye on as we go forward. One of the commodity groups uh, that we are heartened by, though, uh, back to the economically sensitive commodities, is the chemicals business. Chemicals. Uh, It took a little bit of a sequential decline in the latest week, uh, but certainly, uh, oh, the overall trend over the last, call it four weeks, has been a little bit of slow and steady improvement, and that gives us some hope. We're above last year by just a little bit. We're above the five-year average by a little bit, uh, but this is something that we, we, we want to see grow, not just because it is a potential growth driver for carload traffic, but also because of what it means for the overall manufacturing and industrial economy. Yes, hazardous and flammable uh, liquids get a lot of press, they get a lot of headlines, uh, but there are a lot of other base chemicals in this sector that also need to be accounted for that go into manufacturing and industrial processes. So the fact that this is recovering says that maybe the manufacturing and industrial side of the economy is also continuing to fire, that is also... We're going to see additional demand, additional production for uh, manufactured goods, industrial goods that could power uh, the the economy as a whole. Petroleum products, essentially flat sequentially in the last week, but flat's a great number uh, at these levels. It's above last year by about 8%. It's dead on the five-year average. It's toward the upper end of the range that's been in since the uh, post-pandemic period began in late 2020. Uh, petroleum products are holding really steady, and that's a that's a good sign. If you'd have told me that's where this commodity group was going to end up to start the year, uh, I'd, have, I'd have told you you were crazy. Uh, I would have expected this number to come down. I would have expected this number to come below 20,000 carloads by now, particularly given you normally see a seasonal degradation of volumes in the first quarter. 
We haven't seen it this year. It's holding up very, very well. Another commodity group holding up very, very well is crushed stone, sand, and gravel. Up ever the slightest on a sequential basis, we're up 20% on a year-over-year basis. A little bit less than that relative to the five-year average, but still a very strong result. It just keeps on keeping on. Uh, It's been above the five-year average fairly consistently for the last three quarters. And this is something that that, that is a little bit government-driven. This is a little bit the result of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and some of those infrastructure projects that are funded through that bill are supporting this number. So what happens as we go forward, as some of that money gets gets paid out, gets let out, gets spent? Well, you're seeing states come on board and increase their infrastructure spending, particularly Texas and Florida. I heard this week that Florida was uh, the fourth biggest economy, (coughs) excuse me, in the country. Uh, So that's certainly not a, you know, not a small amount of infrastructure projects that need to go into uh, supporting that economy. And Texas, I mean, you may have heard of it. Texas is a pretty big state, has an awful lot of highways, an awful lot of infrastructure. Uh, if Texas is going to uh, to fund infrastructure projects at a, at a higher level than it has historically, that's a good sign for this commodity group that says this has legs not just in 2023, but in 2024 uh, and beyond. Now, looking at some some not-so-rosy pictures, uh, lumber and wood. Uh, this is one, it's been under pressure for some time. As interest rates continue to go up, as mortgage applications continue to go down, as the housing market continues to struggle, uh, this is a sector that's going to feel that front and center. Uh, we saw a sequential decline in the latest week. Uh, it's a little bit up on a year-over-year basis, but that's uh, well off the five-year average. It's not a good sign. Uh, That's really a function of a very weak comparison period a year ago more than anything else. Uh, The overall weakness in lumber and wood uh, firmly remains in place. Pulp and paper, the other piece of the forest products business, uh, it's increased sequentially the last two weeks. It's now a little bit above last year, uh, but it's still below the five-year average. And really, if you averaged out all of 2023 in pulp and paper, uh, you'd get a very flat number, right around 7,500 carloads a week, which is a very weak result. It's not a great number. And so we will have to see uh, what it will take uh, to get a recovery in pulp and paper or if we're going to continue to just trade right around this very weak 7,500 carload a week level. So finishing on a positive note, let's talk about uh, the automotive sector. Automotive volumes, yes, took a little bit ever the slightest of a sequential step down in the last week. Really, it was uh, fairly flat. Uh, We're still more than 10% above last year. We're still very close to our five-year average. And when you look at manufacturing uh, vehicle and parts output uh, for the overall economy, uh, it is a number that is impressive. It is a number that says uh, the automotive industry is back and that volumes should continue to be supported at this and potentially higher levels as we go through the balance of the year. And certainly that automotive demand, it doesn't just help automotive, it also helps metals, it also helps resins and other things that go into uh, all finished vehicles. And so this is something that uh, we have to watch as we go forward uh, just to see how it's going to flow through those other commodity groups. But automotive, uh, definitely in a much better place than it was uh, a year ago, even six months ago, 
definitely a good uh, a good news story for the carload business and for the industry. So to wrap up, uh, intermodal volume weakness continues to be significant to start the year. No real sign of a change there, and the carload business is really fairly steady. But there are uh, there are uh, within the data as you drill down into particular commodity groups, you have some bright spots and you have some things that make you go. Ugh. Some things that make you sort of leery of what might come in the future. We'll see which which group wins in that tug of war, but for the moment, uh, they're basically offsetting each other, and the overall carload picture uh, is really a fairly steady, fairly flat, uh, slow growth picture as we go through the rest of 2023. And with that, I want to thank you for listening to this week. Uh, I will talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us. I am, all, as always, am Todd Tranowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Thank you for joining us this week on the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update Podcast. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again next week. And again, as always, feel free to reach out any time if you want to talk about what you're hearing in the podcast, what you're seeing in the marketplace, what you're seeing in the reports. We love to talk about the transportation industry, love to talk about uh, what is going on. Feel free to uh, reach out. And with that, thank you for listening. Have a great week. That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business.